Morning, everyone. It is really lovely to see you um, all again in this lovely sunny day. And um, where's Lizzie? Congratulations, exciting, another baby on the way. I'm, I don't think I'm ruining any news by saying that. <laughs> um, I do remember when I was um, pregnant with um, our first son, Jack, um, and I remember going for my first scan picture. And this was just when there was like a tiny little heartbeat, a little tiny flicker of life on the scan. He is now 13, and I have to say, he is taller than Mike, and he's catching up with me. So <laughs> he's determined to be taller than me. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and these stories are lovely, aren't they? Because the stories we're looking at this morning, are, I'm actually looking at two parables, are about growing the kingdom of God. They're about small seeds growing into big life, like my big son who's 13 now. So the two parables are the a parable of the growing seed and the parable of the mustard seed. And I want to start this morning with the parable of the growing seed. And um, I have a slide which has got the words on. I'm just going to read this to you as we start. So at this point, I should say, Jesus is on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and he's teaching people about the kingdom of God. And he says this. This is Mark 4, verse 26 to 29. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Now, the main thing I want to take from this parable today is that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are part of something that is really dynamic, that is really powerful, and that is growing. And that's whether we feel it or see it or not. That's just the truth of our situation. So this parable is about the kingdom of God. And I don't know what you think about when you hear the words, the kingdom of God. I don't know what image pops into your mind. But um, I Googled this, and I came up with some gold, and I couldn't help share it with you this morning. So is this the first image that pops into your mind? <laughs> it's a beautiful floral staircase going somewhere. Or perhaps this one. There's got to be a rainbow. There's got to be clouds. The next one. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> and this is the last one. Sorry, um, just indulge me on this. It's a flock of angels, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, um, that was not the picture that came into my mind, but I did enjoy that. Um, theologians would define the kingdom of, of God as the reign and rule of God. And this parable is about the kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God breaking into um, our world. Now, of course, in one sense, um, God, um, his rule and reign has gone on forever and will go on forever. He rules over the planets, over time, over history, over everything, doesn't he? But the breaking in of God's kingdom um, is Jesus coming to the earth. He is God's intervention into our world to change absolutely everything. So the kingdom is here and now. It's not just this sort of lofty place in the sky with clouds and flocks of angels that we might be thinking about. 
Um, we pray, don't we, your kingdom come here on earth as in heaven. So the kingdom of God is about being here on earth as well. So in this parable, Jesus um, is like the man who scatters the seed. So in verse 26, um, it says, he scatters the seed on the ground. And what Jesus is doing in, in coming to earth and breaking in, um, bringing the kingdom of God with him, he is scattering the seeds of the kingdom of God amongst us by his life, his death, and his resurrection. I should say this um, sort of parable has three parts to it, really. So that's the first part. I've got a slide for that. There we go. He scatters the seed on the ground. Then in the middle part, the farmer waits. It says, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. And this middle section is really a picture of Jesus watching and waiting as the kingdom grows. This is after his resurrection. This is the period of time that we sort of live in now. And then the last verse, um, the sort of third section of this parable, is as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So when the crop's ready, the farmer comes to harvest it. And um, in the same way, when things come to the right time, which we don't really know when that's going to happen, but um, Jesus will sort of reap the harvest. And this is a reference to a verse in Joel 3.13, where the harvest is an analogy for sort of the full realization of the kingdom of God. What that means is when he comes again. So we live in the middle part of this parable. The kingdom of God has come because Jesus has come, but it hasn't fully come because he is going to come again. Does that make sense? Now, that is known as the sort of now and the not yet of the kingdom. That's how um, theologians talk about it, the now and the not yet. And it's clear that in this middle section of time where, where um, Jesus is sort of waiting for the kingdom to grow, that there is a lot going on. This is the sort of now bit of the kingdom. And this is what it says again in the parable. The seed sprouts and grows, verse 27. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. That's verse 28. So I said Jesus is like the farmer in this parable, but we are also like the farmer in this parable. And he is asking us to scatter seeds at this time and grow his kingdom with him. And we can do this really confidently because God is going to work powerfully with what we do, with the seeds we scatter, because the seed contains its own power. The seed, in, in one way, you could define it as the gospel, and it has its own power, even if it doesn't look that impressive. So in the parable, we see that because it says the seed grows, verse 27, though he does not know how, and verse 28, it does it all by itself. There's power in the seed. I think it's worth reminding us that the kingdom of God really is growing and dynamic and powerful. Unlike the disciples, we have the benefit, don't we, of 2,000 years' worth of history where we can see that the kingdom of God is growing. That's very different to the situation God was sort of speaking, Jesus was speaking into at the time. You know, let's not forget that out of the world, 7.7 billion people a third are Christians. I've got a little slide just to remind us. That's like 2.6 billion Christians in the world. I don't think the disciples could ever possibly have imagined that as Jesus is teaching them on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. 
and this number is growing. Now, according to a study um, at the end of 2018, which was done around sort of church growth and attendance, church in the UK is actually growing for the first time in many decades. And I don't know about you, but the church story has, I found it a little bit depressing before now. Does anyone, has anyone felt that? Actually, there's hope. It is growing. So that's really exciting. We are part of something growing and powerful and dynamic. Uh, that's on the sort of big church level, but also amongst us as a church, St. Saviour's, there are seeds which are growing. Um, whether that's the fantastic kids' work, whether that's people who are fostering, whether that's um, fish that we heard about this morning, people going out different places making a difference, whether that's just noticing people around us and bringing the kingdom of God and the small things to people around us. We are doing amazingly as a church, so I hope you feel um, that, that that is sort of exciting. And I know there are so many other things under the radar that are unseen and probably uncelebrated um, amongst us. So what about us here today, February 2019? Um, in Guildford. Are we up for growing the kingdom of God? Are we up for planting some more seeds together and being part of something growing, dynamic, and powerful? Are we up for it? Yes. Um, I think these parables, this series, has been really challenging. I don't know how you found it, but personally, I found them really challenging. And looking back, those are really practical ways on how we can plant seeds. You know, Lucy spoke about welcoming the stranger amongst us, didn't she? Um, welcoming the marginalized. And then Toby spoke about being radically sort of caring and generous for people. And does, did everyone like his do not disturb sign? Do you remember that last week? I did think about that a lot this week, so well done, Toby. Um, and um, Mike spoke about sort of searching for the lost, didn't he? And I have to say, you know, as I was preparing this talk, I was thinking, flip, quite a lot of my stories are a few years old, and quite a lot are from when I was at university, which is obviously only a few years ago now. Um, <laughs> and I was really challenged, so I thought, right, I need a story to tell. So um, this week I had coffee with a, um, a lovely mum at school, and I said, "Hey, don't know if you're interested, but you know, we'd love love you to come and um, come and visit our church sometime." Now I don't know what God's going to do with that, but I thought I'll plant the seed. So it's good. We need to work on our stories, don't we? And um, if you're not sure where to start. You know, inviting people is a good idea, um, but also doing, you could do all sorts of things for people. And obviously, Alpha is still happening. It's not too late to bring people. This Tuesday, 7.30? 7, sorry, 7, 7.30, um, for a meal, a chance to meet a really nice group of people, hear a short talk about um, some aspect of um, being a Christian, and a chance to talk about it. So, Definitely bring people, if people are asking questions. Or you might be sitting here thinking, do you know what, that's me. I'd like to find out a bit more. You are very, very welcome. You can call into the church office or you can just turn up on the night. So let's not forget that as followers of Jesus, we are involved in something powerful, dynamic, and growing. So the second parable this morning is the parable of the mustard seed. And I'm going to read this one to us as well. The words are up on the screen. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, 
which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. And that was Mark 4, verse 30 to 32. So where the first parable was about being part of something sort of growing and dynamic and powerful, this second parable sort of comes up with a bit of a contrast, and it's all about how the kingdom of God can seem small and insignificant. A few years ago, I was chatting with um, a lovely older woman um, who has done um, some all sorts of different things um, in her life, and I was just saying to her, you know, I just really want to make a difference. I want to have impact in my life. And I just said, I just don't know what to do. I almost felt like there's too much choice. And she just looked at me um, and then said, in a slightly exasperated but kind way, but it doesn't really matter what you do, you just need to do something. You just need to do something. And her words just stuck with me. And ever since then, whenever I get stuck in that dead-end thinking, I don't know if you guys get stuck in that, her words come to me. So to her, that would have probably been small and insignificant, but to me, they were really significant. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Um, here is a picture, it's tiny. It's about a millimeter in diameter. And in Jesus' time, people would use saying something as like a mustard seed as a proverbial way of saying something was really small. So you probably remember the verse in Matthew 17, 20, where he says, our faith is the size of a, must a mustard seed. And um, they also, in those times, used to refer to like the tiniest drop of blood as um, the size of a mustard seed. Now, saying the kingdom is the size of a mustard seed is not what the disciples or any of Jesus' followers would have been expecting. As David Wenham says in his book, I've got a quote on a slide coming up, the disciples expected the kingdom to be massively powerful and all-embracing, but the Jesus revolution was nothing of the sort. It was tiny. And Jesus himself looked like a bit of a failure, didn't he? He was supposed to be God's agent of intervention, the kingdom of God breaking into the world and uh, restoring God's people. But Jesus didn't roar into power, power with a huge army and sort of defeat the Roman rulers of the time. He didn't even hang out with the powerful and the rich. He spent his time with the broken, with the needy. And in fact, he really wound up the religious leaders and the political leaders of the time. And then he died. You know, how is that what we were expecting? Jane Williams, who um, is a theologian, talks about Jesus being a model for how to make friends and influence no one. <laughs> and at that time, that's what it looked like. And yet, and yet, Jesus and the kingdom of God um, are subversive. Because as Jesus says in this parable, yet when planted, the mustard seed grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So he's saying, I'm not going to do anything you expect me to do, but such is my power that I'm going to grow the biggest kingdom of them all. You know, the mustard plant grows to four meters high from that tiny seed. And that picture 
of um, a tree with birds perching in the branches is one that's used in Ezekiel and Daniel when they're describing powerful earthly kingdoms. And Jesus' listeners would have known that. So when he describes it as that, they would be thinking, oh, this is a powerful um, kingdom. Unlike us, we have to kind of dig a little bit deeper. So he is saying, my kingdom may seem small and insignificant, but it's actually going to be the most significant of them all. So what does that mean for us as we seek to grow the kingdom of God amongst us? Well, I've got five um, short tips to sort of help us along. And the first one is this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. This is a verse from Zechariah 4, verse 6, and that's what we often feel like, I think, that little snail with the huge road to cross. And our culture doesn't really celebrate small, let's be honest, does it? No, big is better, bigger is better all the time, whether that's your salary, your house, whether that's your, um, the number of followers you have on Instagram, the number of likes that you're getting on your photo, the number of streaks that you're getting in Snapchat, if you're into that sort of thing. But in the Jesus revolution, small doesn't mean insignificant. And God loves growing from small. And dare I say it, but small is actually quite manageable for us in our busy and time-poor lives. So I think it would be good to embrace small and not despise the day of small beginnings. Secondly, next slide. We need to trust that, you, that God has chosen you and me. Not someone else, <laughs> that's my picture. Choose him, <laughs> um, but actually us. And, you know, Jesus didn't choose the rich and the powerful, did he? He didn't hang out with those people. He hung out with ordinary people. And in the same way, God hasn't chosen pop stars or social media influencers or um, sort of multi-millionaire business moguls to do this stuff. He chose you and me to grow his kingdom. Now, of course, God can and does use anyone. And if you are any of those things, a, a, a social media influencer, um, a multimillionaire business person, God can and does use each and every one of us. But being those things doesn't make you any more qualified than being just um, any one of us in the room. Because any one of us in the room uh, has got what it takes to get involved in growing the kingdom. He's chosen you and me. Number three. I think as we think about growing the kingdom, it's really good to remember the things that have been sown into our own lives. And I'm talking about all sorts of things. They might be the small kindnesses, the unexpected generosities, the loving challenge, the meaningful words, like the words of the woman I, I um, talked to you about earlier, the whispered prayers. Um, I have a friend who, um, when he was out with a group of friends when he was about 17, they were all very, very drunk, um, a man came up to this group and said to them, just quietly, boys, don't waste your life in sin. You're better than that. Now, this guy wasn't a Christian, my friend, and, um, but he never forgot those words. You know, at the time, he'd have been like, no, yeah, whatever. But actually, he never forgot them. And uh, I once went to a talk by a forensic scientist who worked with the police, and he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, every contact leaves a trace. Every contact leaves a trace. And I love that in terms of um, starting small, sowing seeds, and, and that was a little seed he um, sowed into my life by saying that. And I think it's a good challenge for us. 
you know, let's leave traces of the, of the kingdom with every contact we have. Number four. I've got another good picture for this one. <laughs> Do you like that one? <laughs> no. I like that one. <laughs> Look at it. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. It's good to recognize the seeds we have in our hands. Um, I don't know about you, but often we can feel like, I really would like to do something, but I, you know, I just want to start this big thing, or I don't know how to even do anything. But actually, there's a challenge um, to just look at what we have. Danielle Strickland is a church leader. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's um, Canadian. She works in the Salvation Army. She's an, an amazing speaker, and she's written some great books. Um, she's one of my heroes. And she has a question for us. She often asks, what's in front of you? She tells the story of an older lady in um, her church who was in her sort of 70s, and she said, Danielle, I just don't know what I have to offer. And Danielle said, well, what do you like to do? She said, I like to bake. She said, great, let's bake. Let's find someone, find someone to bake for. So this lady started baking, and of all places, she took these cupcakes to a brothel. And, you know, you can imagine the man opens this big bounce, sort of, you know, pimp opens the door and goes, yes, oh, <laughs> with this lady. And she said, I've done some baking. And he goes, oh, oh, oh come in then. <laughs> and this started an amazing ministry. And um, they now have, in various cities in Canada, hundreds of, of Older ladies and gentlemen, I think, but mostly ladies, baking for brothels. And they've gone into these places and they've seen um, many of these girls be set free. So that's amazing, isn't it? Now, she didn't set out with this grand plan. She just thought, I can bake. So my question is, what's in front of you? What's in front of me this morning? But also, who's in front of you? Who's in front of me this morning? And what does love look like to that person? How can I um, bring the kingdom of God to that person? So let's be alert and um, open to the opportunities in front of us. Then my fifth point is to relax. It is God's responsibility to grow the seeds. This was my son's favorite picture this morning. They're like, can't you find small like that? That's the best. Um, but I didn't, so there we go. Um, but I do like that one. Um, I was talking to another friend last week, and she was saying she'd invited a couple of um, friends along to church, and I thought, that's brilliant. Um, I said, how did it go? And she said, well, the first one was, you know, quite open. The second turned around and said, absolutely not. <laughs> have you had that reaction? I have, plenty of times. But I love that story because um, it's God's responsibility to do something with the seeds we scatter. And sometimes... People respond and sometimes people don't, but that's not our responsibility. It's our responsibility to scatter the seeds. And if we don't scatter the seeds, God's got nothing to work with. So um, I like that. We just need to remember there's power in the seed, and we don't know what will happen in God's timing. So both these parables really talk about the subversive, countercultural nature of the kingdom of God. But I want to ask us a question this morning. How do we really feel about these stories, about these parables? What has our experience really been like of growing the kingdom of God? And if you're like me, I think many of us can feel, despite 2,000 years of hindsight, that the kingdom is pretty small and insignificant. I don't know if you resonate with that. 
I think we can, you know, not really believe God's chosen us to uh, grow the kingdom. You know, people don't come to Alpha when we ask them. People aren't healed when we pray for them. Maybe things aren't resolved in our own life in a way that we'd really love them to be. I don't know if if you identify with that, but if I'm being really honest, I would have to say I've been pretty disappointed with God at times over my life. And I think if you're in that place or have been in that place, as I have many times, then that has two, um, it results in two things. Firstly, we stop planting seeds. And secondly, any seeds we do plant, we just have no expectations of anything happening with them. But what I want to say to us this morning, I include me very much in this, is don't worry, there is hope. Because God is growing his kingdom. As the parable of the growing seed reminds us, whether we sleep or get up, it says, whether we get involved or not, the seed sprouts and grows, verse 27. The kingdom is growing. So the question for all of us today is, you know, do we want to join in? I'd like to suggest if we don't, we will be truly missing out on the now of the kingdom, the adventure of trusting God as we scatter some seeds and just see how, how he grows, the tiny heartbeat flicker of each seed into life. Amen. Now, just before I go... I have bought everyone a mustard seed today, um, but I thought handing it out in the service might be a little bit messy. (laughs) So on the way out um, later um, at the door, you'll be able to take a little tiny mustard seed. And I just wanted to give us a little practical challenge with that and take the seed with you. I'm not saying go and plant it and watch what happens, but if you want to do that, absolutely. Or you might just want to throw it in your Sunday lunch, whatever you're cooking. (laughs) But I want you just, as you take it, just like a little commitment, okay, God, I'm going to just plant a seed this week. It might be small, you know, it might seem insignificant, but I'm just going to plant it and see what you do with it. Are we up for that? Brilliant. Over to you, Mike. Thanks, Bex. Lots of food for thought there, isn't there? Why don't you just have a quick chat with someone? What's the seeds in your hand at the moment? What's in front of you? Uh, Because one of the dangers of, of, I think, coming to church regularly and hearing lots of talks is that they're just talks, right? And uh, actually, we've got to um, trust that God will bring transformation and his kingdom through what we hear, through what's been sown this morning. So let's have a quick chat. What's in front of you? What's in front of you this week? Where could you throw some seeds?